My name is Bree Detmer. I'm one of the Good News Worship interns. That's my hubby. Um, And I've been asked to read today's scripture. We're going to be going over Luke 12, verses 13 through 34. So if you would all stand with me as we read this word. It says, Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such a thing as that? Then he said, Beware. Guard guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Then, turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant, harvest, or store food in their barns, for God feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your deeds. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven, and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the breath in our lungs. I thank you for another day to be alive. Lord, we thank you that um, nothing is too big or too small for you. Lord, give us the courage, give us the bravery to take everything we have weighing us down, worrying us, and lay it at your feet. Help us to cast it on you because you care for us. Lord, we just pray you would open our hearts and prepare us to receive the message you have. Amen. Test, testing, testing. Test, test. All right. Great job, Bree. Thank you for doing that. How is everybody? Right, you guys do look good, especially the balcony because it's cloudy or shady. I can't really see you well. Um, So uh, it's Celebration Sunday and we have a lot of guests. So we wanted to make sure everybody felt comfortable and that's why we want to talk about money. Because everybody loves coming to church to hear people talk about money. 
So if I could call the ushers, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to call the ushers. So, so here's the thing. Uh, it's so funny, man, because I... Public speaking is one of those things that I have to do. It's not the joy of my life. And it's funny how oftentimes the thing that I have to talk about is the thing that kind of is the thing nobody wants to hear either. So it kind of works out well. God has a sense of humor. But we're going to keep moving forward. So uh, Jesus has been preaching. Um, for those of you who are not part of our church, we've been going through the book of Luke, I think for, is it 10 years now? It seems. Uh, we've been going through the book of Luke. And uh, in order to get through it, we have to take large portions of scripture, uh, and I think it's like 21 verses today, which is way too many to do uh, a really good job. So what I'm going to ask you to do is, is this week, I want you to go back and every day, I want you to read through these scriptures because this is such a powerful, powerful tool on a number of different levels, just on finances and our relationship with God and worry and where your treasure is. There's just so many great truths in here. I'm not going to do a good enough job. So we'll allow the Holy Spirit to continue that when you go and read this week. Amen. You guys with me? Yeah. All right. So uh, let me say this. Money is a tool and everybody needs it. I mean, you know, you can't go to Walmart. You can't go to your electric uh, bill company and, and say, hey, I'm just going to send in my prayers this week and payment. Right? You're not going to get anything for that. So we know that, that money is a tool and we have to be able to, to have it and utilize it. And it, this is also a message. I am not in any way, shape, or form condemning investing or saving or being wise in your money or your planning or anything like that. I want you to do that. That is biblical. But in this context, Jesus is really challenging our thoughts about stuff. And I, we're, we live in America, we have a Western mindset, we're caught up in the rat race, we want things, and it seems like the more we have, the more we want. You ever discovered that? Somebody gives you a $500 or $300 bonus, all of a sudden you find out two things. You find out what you can afford, you find out what you want, and you find out what you can't afford. Right? And it's like all of a sudden you're getting stirred up and you become aware of what you really want. And so, let's just start with, with number one. So, the belief. The belief. And the belief, number one, is in this portion of Scripture, I never have enough. So, Jesus is talking, you know, he's preaching and teaching. And you think we, we preach long messages, Jesus is teaching a long message, right? And, and a guy from the crowd calls out and he says, hey, rabbi, teacher, Tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. So back in that day, a teacher or pastor um, would, would be able to help them negotiate what needed to happen. And Jesus is trying to get them to understand something. And he's like, I am not going to deal with this situation. I'm actually trying to get you to understand something on a much larger level. More than just the physical. There is a natural, a supernatural idea I'm trying to convey to you. That is so much bigger than you understand. In relation to eternity, in relation to uh, God's heart and his kingdom. And Jesus is so brilliant at dealing with humanity. In the way he communicates, in the way he explains, in the way he talks in pictures. It's so amazing. And the first thing he does, he goes, beware and guard your heart against greed. Beware and guard your heart against greed. And when he says that, every person in the room, you have to become uh, careful that your, your, your heart is not greedy. And it's easy 
to happen. So he's talking about coveting and greed. That means to yearn or to crave for something that's not yours. To always want more. So Jesus begins to tell a story. And whenever Jesus talks in parables, he's, he's trying to tell a story. It's what it does. That, that's the best way you communicate information. And whenever he communicates a parable, he's trying to do three things. He's trying to create a picture, right, that everybody can see. Then he's trying to create a mirror that everybody looks in the mirror to go, ah, see what he's talking about. And then he's trying to create a window by which we view the world. And so he's doing these things when he's telling these stories. And so he tells a story. There's a farmer and he plants and he receives a huge harvest. And immediately he's going, this is incredible. So what, what I have my storehouse, I've got to tear it down so that we can build bigger. And we can take all this, this produce that has come in and we can put it away. But the interesting thing is, it wasn't just that he was putting away, away produce or his harvest. It says that he was going to put away his goods. Many goods for many years. And he, he said to himself, soul, you'll be able to sit back and relax and nothing, you don't have to worry about anything else. And, and, and Jesus goes, man, you fool. You don't realize that you've been saving all of this stuff. And your soul is going to be required of you tonight. And during this time, you look and he, it's eight eyes that he talks about. I, 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 I. And four mys. And you see that he is really me-centric in regards to the harvest that he has received. And Jesus is, is not pointing out the problem with abundance. He's pointing out the problem of the man's heart with abundance. Because a lot of times you hear some churches will preach against money. You know, money's bad. Money's a tool. But money is a mirror. And it'll reflect what's in your heart. It'll reveal a great revealer of who you are and what you believe. And so what you, it's not abundance that Jesus is against, but it is what your heart does with the abundance that he cares about. Let's go back to that brother again, because Jesus introduces this concept. Because the, the guy says, hey, make sure my brother is sharing with me. He owes me. And if you're not careful, greed, because he connected it directly to coveting and greed. If you're not careful, your coveting and your greed will manipulate you. And I see it. It's funny, man. The way God made me is um, like, I, I don't need things. You know, I drove a 98 Toyota Corolla way past its expiration date. Right. Because I just I was OK. So I, I don't need stuff as much. Um, but I love to watch. I love to watch people. I love to, to I don't like listening to politics, but I love watching people's reaction to politics. Now, I love watching people in general and how they carry themselves and stuff like that. And, and what I watch is, is how government, if you're not careful, will manipulate you. Okay? Especially in relationship to money. And I've watched it on both sides. Because I'm, I'm kind of done. I know we have to live in this world. We're always going to live in inequity. Do you understand? Nothing's ever going to be fair in this life. This church is probably not going to be fair. The Democrats aren't going to be fair. The Republicans aren't going to be fair. This country isn't fair. Another country isn't fair. Why? Because we're involved in it. Okay? Heaven is fair. Earth is not fair. And it never will be. Okay? And so I watch, and I watch how, 
You know, there are times when, when a party wants to, to pit the poor against the rich. And then I watch as the other party wants to pit the foreigner against our pocketbook. Because who's going to pay for this? Listen, I'm not saying there's not truths on both sides. See, I, I, I'm not so lost in a party that, that I can't see the reality of all the stuff that's going on. So, so I, I want you to hear something. I, I didn't have it. All right, 19 minutes. We're going, we can do this. Um, so there was a friend of mine. He's a pastor. And he actually put something. He, he posted something one time. And I thought it was so brilliant. I want to share it because I'm talking about politics. That makes everybody comfortable too. So, um, so here's the thing. The church is supposed to challenge, regardless of the party, of what is wrong. If you're a Democrat or Republican and you're not challenging your party when they're not honoring the Bible. Okay, but here's the other thing. You're not going to like this either. So, so when the other party is doing right and they're upholding biblical values, you're supposed to do good job. So what happens when you don't, right? The church loses its prophetic voice to the way that it's supposed to be. And that's what I see. A lot of us have traded our prophetic voice for a party affiliation. Okay. So nobody's happy and we're still going to keep going. All right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. So sometimes we get manipulated by money when it comes to government. Second thing is credit cards. Okay. So, right. I, I know... Sometimes credit cards are needed for, for business or, or something like that. And you get points off credit cards, you know, if you're use, being wise with it and you're paying off every month. But a lot of times what it, what it shows is that we covet something that we can't wait for until we have the money for. So we go ahead and get it and we pay interest on it for a long time. Okay. Um, and the third thing is adultery. I want that person. It was the last commandment that, that, that God, the Ten Commandments, don't covet. And so it, it, if, if we have a heart that covets, if we, if we have a heart that is greedy, there's a, this is just three examples. There's tons of examples of how we can be drawn into something. So in all of your decision making, make sure that you're using biblical principles. Not the way you feel, not the way your party believes. You're coming back to the Bible to go, okay, God, what do you believe? About this. And I, listen, I'm for, if you're in politics, I'm for it. I, I, I'm not against it. I'm just saying make sure that you're biblical driven. All right. So then this is what Jesus did. He's such a master at, at communication. And he goes, he, he says, he starts out with the story about the rich man. And then he puts, he brings it back to everybody's level. And he says, he was a fool. So is everyone who is not rich toward God. So he draws you in. Yeah, let's talk about the rich fool for a minute. And then he goes, oh, he's talking to me too, right? So every year Nick Saban does this. He's a, the, the coach of the Alabama football team. I know a lot of you love him. And uh, I just feel stronger for some reason. So, so here's the thing. He, every year, he's, Alabama starts up pretty well and they win a couple of games and he knows that he's got to do something else to speak to his players. So he rants against the media. The media puts it all over the news and his players read about it. 
And he has just communicated a truth through the media that he always meant to give to his players. And Jesus is doing the same thing. He's using the rich fool to communicate to every person alive about money. And it's brilliant. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's awesome. So be careful. Guard your heart. Make sure you're being rich toward God. Rich toward God does not mean an amount of money. Because what we do, we always we think rich and we put a number. God is just going, listen, if you have something and there's a need, give toward it. Okay, be rich toward God. John Wesley was a, a famous preacher. And he started out, and he started out really small. And I think he got uh, 30 pounds a year. And he, was, uh, he would travel, and eventually his crowds grew. And he went from 30 pounds a year that he made to 60 pounds to 90 pounds to 120 pounds a year. And basically the IRS of, uh, of that time in England contacted him and said, Okay, we know that you're making more money. We see the number of, of people in your crowds. Surely you have more things that you have purchased that now you need to pay taxes on. And this was his response. He says, I have two silver teaspoons at London and, and two at Bristol. This is all the things that I have at present. And I shall not buy any more while so many around me want bread. And the goal was not the accumulation of something. He wanted to impact the kingdom. And listen, and I'm not against you having stuff. That's not what this message is. What I want you to be, though, is I want you to be rich toward God. In whatever, whatever way you can or whatever capacity you can, there's people with different, uh, it, there, there's going to be poor and there's going to be rich, and that's the way the world works. But what you do with what you have is what God is speaking to. Be rich toward God. Number two. Matter of fact, I, there was a person who visited a couple of weeks ago, and they found out, uh, out, from out of town, and they found out about the refugee issue. Where, where the people were kicked out of uh, a building and they needed supplies and needed mattresses and stuff like that. That week they went and purchased mattresses, brought them to our church and to, to bless refugees. That's being rich toward God. And then they, they went back to, to wherever they came from. So I just thought that was pretty cool. cool. Number two, the question, right? Will I have enough? Jesus begins to talk about worry. Anybody ever worried in here? Any, anybody ever worried about money? Almost all the time, every day. Verse 22, do not worry about your life. Your life does not consist the abundance of things. Maranaho is uh, the Greek word for worry. It means to divide. Um, I, I think uh, the word worry is a German derivative. It actually means to tear. And a lot of times that's what worry does, right? We, we're, we're divided in our mind. We're, and I was sitting here and the Holy Spirit said, worry and faith are both uh, in the future. Faith lives in the future and worry lives in the future. And you're always trading something with what you, what you believe. And so a lot of us spend our times worrying about something that may never come to pass. We, we're, we're concerned. And Jesus knows this. He knows humanity. And verses 23 and 24 says, Life is more than food. And the, 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 the body is more than clothing for the need of clothing. Look at the birds and look at the flowers of the field. Can you get taller because you worry? Can you add one more day because you worry? You can't. And again, that picture, that mirror, that new uh, view of life 
He goes, look at, watch the birds. You guys need to go out bird watching. Our squirrel watching. The squirrels, man, are digging up my yard. They're always, and they don't even move now. They just sit there and eat while I walk past them. They're getting theirs, right? So they, they don't, they're not worried. And he's going, look, go out into nature and watch how I provide for them. They're not made in the image of God. You are. You're made in the image of God. What are, why are you worrying? So here's, here's some questions that I have about worry. What if your worry is related to the fact that you don't know how value, valuable you are to God? That's what, that's what he's trying to communicate. What if your worry is rooted in the fact that you don't trust God? Or what if it's a combination of all three? Or, or, or these two? What if it's driving you to pursue things to make you feel better, but it doesn't actually satisfy the worry? So, I'm a pastor. I don't know if you guys know this, but pastors weren't pastors to become rich, right? So I remember when I was a kid, uh, it, I was probably in my 20s, I said, there are two things that I want to do in life. I want to help people and I want to be rich. Well, it seems like in life, if you help people, uh, it's diametrically uh, opposed to being rich a lot of times, right? You go into to be a, a social worker, you're not going to do it to be rich. You want to help people. So um, as a pastor, though, as I got older, I began to recognize a couple of things. I did not understand biblical principles, so I didn't invest early. Didn't understand that money was a tool and, and how, to, how to be smart. Second thing was I began to recognize I was behind, a lot of us in this room, we may be behind in, in, in investment, investing or saving or, or planning. And so what happens is um, I, I begin to recognize we need to invest. And you can ask Chris, this is, this is something that I wrestle with a lot. And, uh, and, and so we need, to, we need to put money back. And, um, and, and so we, we, we're not rich. So we don't put a, a ton back a year. But we put back because that's what you're supposed to do. And I began to recognize the more I shouldered the, the investment, the more I knew that we need to, the more worried I got. I was being obedient. I was doing what I was supposed to, but I was feeling the weight more and more. And so usually when you feel tension, it leads to temptation in any area and specifically money. So I'm going, okay, um, maybe I need to leave ministry in order to go to marketplace. You know, take skill set that I have, communication and, and uh, strategy and some other things. Put it to work in the marketplace. I can make money. I could put enough aside. I could still do ministry. Temptation. The temptation is I want to make more money. I need to get out of ministry. The root issue is I don't know that God's got me. So what sounds like a great idea is really rooted in fear and worry. And there are people in this room, you're, you're living life in the same manner. You keep reacting and it's because you think it's wisdom and it's really a reaction to fear. So Nicholas preached in Luke 11 um, and he, he talked about how uh, the, going through the, the Lord's Prayer and it was, give me today. My daily bread. That's because we're supposed to trust God every 
single day. It is dependence on God. Doesn't mean you're not wise with your money. It doesn't mean that you don't invest or you don't save where you can. But your trust is not in your investment. Your trust is in the Lord. So I have to tell you why. So when I grew up, we grew up uh, with enough. It just didn't feel like enough. There were things we couldn't do. There were clothes we couldn't have. We usually got the knockoffs. There were things that, you know, it was a year out. And so we felt the tension of, of money. And in my heart, I said, I've got to take care of myself. And so there are times when I know that I'm doing what the Lord asked, but I'm also a, a, a strategy kind of guy. I spend most of my time, unfortunately, living in the future. And I feel the tension, doing the math. It doesn't add up. This doesn't work. And God goes, well, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And listen, this has nothing to do with my pay. This has nothing to do with money. This has everything with the root of worry in my heart. And so we see this juxtaposition in verse 30. We see that, that Jesus is going, hey, this is how the world thinks. This is how the world runs after stuff. This is how the world acts. This is what the world wants, but not you. But if you're being honest, is that you? And is that your heart? Worry, and he says, listen, with, with everything that you have, go after the kingdom. Put it first. His way of thinking, his way of doing, his, his the way of believing, trusting. Worry is like paying interest on a credit card when you haven't even purchased anything. Worry is like paying interest on a credit card when you haven't even purchased anything. So you lose today, worried about tomorrow, instead of investing today intentional about tomorrow there's a difference sometimes our worry for tomorrow causes us to miss the best things today i'm gonna speak to the men for just a second because we feel the weight for the most part of provision don't miss out on your kids don't miss out on your spouse don't miss out on your your church because of what you think you need 20 years from now Because right now is the most important thing that you have. Okay? Not in my notes, but you needed it. Okay. So life happens, stock market drops, people get sick, medical bills happen. Plans that you had don't work. Business folds. You get let go. No severance, no pay. There are people here that you started out And you didn't have biblical values and you find yourselves overwhelmed and you're in debt. There are single moms in here and and you're doing the best that you can with what you have. Keep going, right? If you put money away at times, do that. I've had to learn how to release control to the Lord. That's not easy because fear wants to control. I remember uh, Chris and I, when uh, I was on staff at another church uh, years ago in Florida, I was the last one hired, you know the rest of it, last one hired, first one fired. So 10 months later, they're downsizing and they go, I remember the guy walking into the room, the pastor walking into the room said, Jason, it's not your job performance, but we have to let you go. And literally the room went, came back, telescoped out and uh, just found out Brianna pregnant, gosh. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, Brianna wasn't pregnant. Kristen was pregnant with Brianna. Let's clarify. <laughs> this is going to cost me big time with my daughter. I remember, <laughs> so we have to move ashamed from Florida, Alabama, right? Krista has some pregnancy issues. We have to go into the ER. We don't have insurance, right? So uh, what they did as a parting gift, they gave us like uh, two weeks pay severance. It wasn't much, but it helped. And so when we get the bill for the emergency room visit, we had made $100 too much. So now we have $2,000 worth of medical bills. So we, we go to Florida. We actually get a job down there. And, um, uh, and so I get an IRS notice. That IRS says we did not take enough funds out of our salary that, that we received. So now we, we owe $1,000 to the IRS too. And we don't make hardly any money. So, I, I mean, it's like dog pile. Life is just... Hitting us right, left, and center. And here's the thing. Regardless of the greatest plans, life happens. And we trusted God, and God saw us through, and he's brought us here. And, and all I'm saying is, listen, you put your, put your trust in God. Quit worrying about stuff that you can't control and trust him. Lastly, the truth. God's got enough, and he's got you. I love this little, this little picture. He goes, relax, little flock. It's the Father's delight, his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Man, I really hope, I know this sounds so silly, but I really hope when I see Jesus, he's going to walk up and go, what's up, little homie? <laughs> I do, man. I, I just, I can't wait. And that's, for me, this is one of those little moments where he's going, hey, relax. He's got you. He's got you. And, he, and then he, he gives this principle, right? He says, learn how to do good. Learn how to give toward the Lord. Learn how to, to give to those around you. Because there's an eternal aspect that you can't get right now. And there's a reward in heaven for, for your obedience on the earth and your giving in, on the earth. And, and he says, listen, store up treasures in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. And what kingdom church is your heart in? What kingdom is your treasure in? It's an invitation to value what God values. And to lean in and trust him. To the single mom who's barely hanging on, keep going. You're not always going to be here. Save, put back money, be faithful to the Lord. Do the best you can. For the people who are overwhelmed by medical bills, man, keep trusting Keep working to pay off those bills. For those that are rich, for those, make sure you're, you're looking not for just the end of your investment, but the people around you, the needs around you, the kingdom around you. Wherever you are in, in your relationship with the Lord, make sure you're being rich toward God. Don't worry about the future. Three points. Don't be greedy, but be rich toward God. That's not a financial number. That's just a lifestyle. Number two. Where's your worry coming from? Is it about money or lack of trust in God? Release fear and invite God into your worry. Right? Invite him into your worry. And number three, where you invest your life, your money will follow. And where you invest, invest your money, your life will follow. 
Make sure you're being wise and you're investing in eternity. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. It's such an honor to be able to stand in front of you and to preach God's word. I am asking that you spend your time reading through this portion of scripture because the Holy Spirit can do such, such a better job than what we do on this stage. Let him speak to you. Um, his word is timeless and it's always on time, right? Father, thank you for the men and women in this room. God, thank you that you love us. You're for us. You're with us. You've got us. God, teach us how to value the things that you value. Teach us to be rich toward you, God. Not to worry about things that are outside of our control, but to trust you, to look to you. God, teach us to store up treasures in heaven. God, help us to see the needs right in front of us, God. Don't let us bypass or walk around or not acknowledge what you want to do on this earth. God, we love you and we need you. God, for those that are worrying, God, I pray that you would bring freedom to them today. Such an invitation to lean into you. You love your people. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys and we believe in you. Take the time to study. Take the time to spend time with the Lord. It's always more than finances too. Your life has such value. I, I read something and I want to share it with you. And it said that we are God's creative intent on the earth. It just simply means that everything you possess was part of God's plan and his design to bring his kingdom through you to those around you. Go be the church, y'all. God bless.